Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode world 27, episode 3. Podcast episode 27-3. We're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. Hey, Rob, struggling with numbers. That's I every week. Every week you'll listen to uh, me struggle with numbers and um, Purnell make fun of me struggling with numbers. <laughs> no, we are, hey, I'm we, laughing with you. We are, in fact, a video game music podcast. We listen to music from all consoles and all generations. We, we pick a topic. We find some guests. We listen to some music and we, we chat about it. But ultimately, it's just awesome music and awesome friends. And uh, Purnell, it's good to see you. You have, you, have, you, have, you, you have your lamp on. I don't usually get to see you. I turn it off and on <laughs> on occasion. It just depends on how I feel at the time. So you're growing that Oops. beard back, though. I'm cutting it off probably tomorrow. This is this is, this I, is for the audio-only group. Purnell's growing a beard. It's coming back. <laughs> I, I, I'm I seeing that person again, i.e. the person that I cut it off for in the first friggin' place. But as a friend. And yet, at the same time, I'm still, like, I'm still cutting this beard off, though. Mm. I gotta... I gotta be hairless for some reason. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I think I think you're very handsome at this level. I think you're very handsome um, uh, uh, shaved, but at the level you were at about two weeks ago was a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Purnell goes from pandemic beer to who's this infant? <laughs> like, <I don't laughs> yeah, know. You were like a, a ZZ top to uh, <laughs> so just back to a child. I don't know what happened. <laughs> just Z bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Z, 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 Z bottom. That is a completely different band, and we're not going to. This is a family show. Um, oh mercy! On today's show, um, we have a very special guest with us. Um, someone who reached out to us, who wanted to hang out and, and to listen to some music with us, and to get to know our audience and get to know you. We have Nick Marinelli. Nick, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Great. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll see you next week. All right. Cool. Oh, stop it. Back to the beard. <laughs> oh, stop it, you. No, Nick, uh, tell, tell us what you're up to. Uh, um, uh, what are some things that people can find on the internet related to Nick Marinelli? <laughs> um, I, I'm uh, the, the former CEO of, of, of MAGFest Music and Gaming Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, stepped away from, from MAGFest uh, summer 2019. Uh, to, to pursue my, my own, own business of uh, independent contract event management and contra production. Uh, and also, uh, I started with a friend, a, uh, a video game music band booking agency called Video Games in Concert, uh, with, with the, the goal of, of getting video game bands out of just the, the, the convention scene like PAX and MAGFest. And, and getting getting them booked at some some mm. some real mainstream venues and festivals where they, they can get the the recognition and then the paycheck they deserve. I really, you know, with, really agree with that because we listen to some groups and some bands on the show that are fantastic. Like just not even that we love them because of the, of the content, but like technically and just really, really great musicians. And to be blunt, there's something to be said about DGM cover bands when they play tracks, whether it's a cover or just an original cut, even where it honestly if you didn't know it was from a video game or you didn't know what video game was from typically it would sound you could just feel like you're at a rock concert or at a, just a really cool show um and it happens more often than people like to think it is like for example there's a band that we like called steel samurai one of our oh, favorite yeah. bands and uh 
their main shtick is to play obscure tracks, which means most of their audience has no idea what the hell they're playing to. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately shouldn't matter because they rock when they do it. So it's like, this is from some game I've never heard of called Gimmick. Or whatever. Who cares? Oh, man, that's, that's their best thing. track. It's from Gimmick and from Airzone. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's like, but that's the thing. It's like, I could totally see that being played at a rock concert. And as long as you are outright saying like, look, this is a cool rock band. There's some cuts they put out. And they just name the track without saying this is from a game called Air Zombies. Like this is called Rock to Infinity, and they're just like blaring it out. People would love it. I think they would, you know. So, and the fact is, I think most it's just. And I think you may be the pioneer for this in the sense, but I just don't think too many people actually went to make that jump yet to just say let's just get out of this this niche and go all out and see what we can do. Well, I, I mean, I'm definitely not, not not the first to try to bring that thing to the mainstream. Like you've, you've had these big. Uh, orchestral concert tours like uh, you know Distant Worlds play uh, uh, video, games, vi- video live. games live that's yeah. true not to be confused with video games and concerts no, no of course not uh, <laughs> video games live is uh, Tommy Tallarico is involved with that right that's correct he, yeah. he's, he's the guy behind that um, so yeah I mean they, they, they've been doing that for, for a long time I guess what's maybe unique for us is is that um, uh, we're, we're we're trying to uh be like a, 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 a production that, that that venues can can purchase can can book um rather than like doing our, our own tour sure uh and also not an or- orchestral yeah. thing which is the um and also i feel like because of magfest a lot of these groups and a lot of these artists are all like condensed into this mid-atlantic eastern america area somehow even if they're from like the midwest or from like the south they're all coming here you know uh, maybe that's yeah. my perception for me. I mean, I, I know I know a guy that, that that moved from the Philippines to Washington D.C. so it could be closer to to Magfest. Wow, so it's wow. it's it's cool cool how, how uh, you know it, it is it's just somewhat centered around Mid Atlantic, but like I'm so so blown away by how much it's evolved over the past. I want to say 25 years when like the only people I can meet there in the game music were in the, the IRC channel at vgmusic.com. Mm-hmm. We're getting some deep cuts here. And we're getting some real deep cuts here. We're talking I'm about... Yeah. Oh, man. What were, some, what were some earliest... What were some of the earliest like remixes or arrangements that both of you have ever heard like online? Many bosses. Many bosses. Yeah, Pretty much the many bosses. Like when, when Mag 1 happened... And the idea of like getting bands to show up, like Joe handled all that junk. Then I was just like, "Oh, I know are the mini bosses." So anybody else, it's just, this is a bonus. And then I learned about the one ups from that. So they were the second bands I heard. And then beyond that, it was just all flavor candy. There were other bands, but I didn't know of any of them back then. Mini, mini bosses were, were the first band I had, I had heard of, and I think it was in like the like the July 2000 issue of, of EGM or something like that. And I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah, like, it, was like, it was such an amazing mix. Like, who the heck thought to do that? And we need more. Yeah. And, and, and like pr- prior to that, I think the only thing that you would call like an arrangement or, or a remix was on VGmusic.com, the, the MIDI repository of game music. Yes. There was some versions that were like the XG version, <laughs> which I don't know, like they changed up the instruments or try to make, make it like more 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 bombastic and less less of a, a straight yeah. cover i had a, like a i had like mp3s of like anime theme songs and then mp3s of like all your bass all belong to us like remixes and stuff and i was like oh this is cool all right i can get into this 
Um, now, one thing I forgot. I realized, I realized, What's going? I realized I should have said something that I totally forgot about, though. The many bosses was the first band I heard. But I do think as far as just like general covers go, I want to say OC Remix was around yeah. back then. Though. Like, did we yeah. just hear like anyone just say, I want to do something with this music? Um, I have to go back and double check because well, I been believe OC Remix has their own podcast and they are therefore our mortal enemies. So <laughs> no, don't no, ever no, listen we, to their show. <laughs> we need to unite together to save course, the world from bland entertainment. Of course. So, this is to all of us. All right. So, uh, Nick, when we, when we all agreed to do this podcast and, you know, you gave us the money and we said yes. Well, I mean, course, I didn't, I didn't agree to it. Oh, you did? Oh, well, I mean, maybe... <laughs> Maybe we should. Oh just... man, I feel bad because I interrupted your, your really good joke. Let's try that again. Let's workshop. No, it's fine. <laughs> did, trust me, the joke was not that good. Um, anyway, you just suggested... the blood pact. <laughs> <laughs> you suggested we do uh, a deep cuts, um, and of course, that's very subjective to whoever's listening. But um, what was it about deep cuts? Like, what what drew you towards towards wanting to share that kind of that that those those tracks with us? And I asked well, I mean, that it... because. To my understanding, a deep cut by Webster's definition is an incision that goes beyond the layer, the top <laughs> layer of the skin. So I, I've been very perplexed this whole time of what the heck was he talking about? So you know, well, I mean, if you all are, are a VGM podcast, I, I figured you, you know, know some of those, those those hidden gems. And not only do you know the hidden gems, you're. You, you, you'll probably stab yourself in the eye with a screwdriver if you have to hear uh, Mega Man 2 Wily 1 one more time. Yes, I, I have, actually. That's why I got these glasses. They're corrective. You'd be surprised um, how many times I can stab myself in the eye. No, you'd be surprised how often, like, we'll go back to and have some shows where we listen to, like, maybe, like, you know, quote-unquote crowd-pleasers or more mainstream music, and so much of it is so good for a reason, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just excellent music. It's excellent, excellent, it's... It's composed very well, and but, it just sounds great. But, Pernell, but with that said, with Pernell that says a but. Said, there's that always said. a but. I always reference <laughs> Mega Man 2 Wily 1 for the reason specifically that, even though I agree in that there's a reason why it's you know so well overplayed, the downside is when those overplays overshadow other stuff that deserve just as much credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they kind of get ignored because like someone's like, okay, here is Mega Man 2 Wily 1 on a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Mega Man 2 Wally 1 on soda cans and an empty container that has three X's written on yo, the side. Yo, like, Pernell, it's just- Pernell, have you heard me? Have you heard my, my Mega Man 1, my Mega Man Wily 1 on spoons? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do want to I hear got like, that. I got like 2 million hits on SoundCloud. It's crazy. I'm like, yo. Oh, it's happening. It's coming. doing it. Discord's cutting out the spoons, unfortunately. But we saw it live, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we that, got the we got the real. That, that's for us. That's for us. <laughs> I think I got it on my local recording, so you can splice that in. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it in some spoons. I'll, I'm sure I have spoon samples. That might be the one sample I don't have. Well, you were listening to AMSR videos earlier, so I'm sure someone's got some spoons. Look, on there. no judgments. All right, okay. It's just for fun. <laughs> <No. laughs> don't don't, oh my don't yuck my yum. Um, all right, so. We are, let's get into some tunes, um, and we can talk about how we discovered them. Like for me, I really like getting into this because I get to kind of go back and remember like arcade music that I really enjoyed when I was younger. Because I feel like, especially with arcade, and I don't think I trust any arcade tracks. Was a stupid, but with arcade music, like you kind of hear it, but then like you don't really hear it until you 
download the soundtrack or the OST and you can kind of actually have fresh ears on it and not you don't hear the din of a full arcade um ah, the arcade din. anyway i forgot where i was going with this but <laughs> you're saying nick what's your first pick yeah nick kick us off so i stop talking please <laughs> <laughs> this is the most i've talked all weeks thanks covid <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the, 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 this fir- first one uh, is is the museum, the intro stage from Rockman and Forte for the Super Famicom, uh, and it's by uh, ne- uh, Naoshi Mizuda. Uh, You're listening to the museum, the intro stage from Rockman and Forte for the Super Famicom, composed by Toshihiko Horiyama, Naoshi Mizuta, and Akari Kaida. Oh man, that bass! I mean, I guess why they call the bass in America, in. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, a very fantastic track to play out a very convoluted entry route to a museum. <laughs> so, why is it convoluted? Is it like a very long stage, or is it just? Like just, I mean, Nick could probably say it better, but I feel like if I remember correctly, it was like you were like a, there was a part where you're like on a submarine, like on top of a submarine, and you're climbing up ladders and you're going all over the place. But really, is really just supposed to be the robot museum. Like you should be able to just go through the front door or climb onto the roof and come down. But now there's submarines and stuff. The Mega Man Seven robot museum was just a hallway with with you know glass containers in the back with with the robot masters no enemies other than the boss whereas yeah it's a it's a an obstacle course in the rock band and forte one and the song is just unnecessarily jazzy it did not have to be that one. i want to say this track and dynamo mans are like the best ones from that game hands down i, I sometimes wonder if 
if the composers come up with these like, like really jazzy, really interesting tracks. And then they're like, well, we can't use them for this stage. Well, we can't use them for that stage. Well, this is really thematic for this. We have to leave this. And they left with this music and they said, well, where does it go? Uh, staff roll? Uh, boss parade? <laughs> I boss parade. Let's put it over there. And it's like, yes, I want that music. <laughs> Get it in there. Oh, man. Uh, the piano and the, um, uh, the <laughs> keyboard solo. The keyboard solo for the for a Super Famicom track is surprisingly crisp. It's very crisp, which is really just refreshing to hear. Crisp and refreshing aren't <laughs> words I usually use with a Super Famicom track. But you brought yeah, it with I, us. I love, I love the part where, where it kind of like harmonizes with itself as it's doing that 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 run upward. Don't always hear that the- on the Super Nintendo because they, they use those sampled instruments. And sometimes those instruments kind of can... <laughs> go weirdly out of tune when they pitch them around and one thing about rockman forte gave me a big surprise back in the day though which is that uh prior to that one of course we had Mega Man 8 in the states it was recently playstation one and they talked about how much how it utilized the power of the playstation to give us the next generation of Mega Man games and then you see rockman and forte on the super nintendo playing pretty much just as well as Mega Man 8 did, also with really good music. And it started to make me rethink, what did the PlayStation bring to the Mega Man table at this point? We're getting it on the Super Nintendo right now. I brought it to the USA, I guess, because we never we didn't see the, the game until like five years later. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. On the Game Boy Advance, no less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the Game Boy Advance didn't even have, it didn't have the full frame that the Super Nintendo wanted, so you had to like hit a button to scroll the screen up and down if there was something that was too high what? up. Wait, seriously? Wow, it, I never it, played this it, one. It didn't. It never really came into play until like the very final boss because he was tall enough that he, like he filled the whole the whole screen. So you oh had to kind of. Because I never played it on the Game Boy Advance. I only played on uh, the Super Nintendo via you know the ROM and all the, that was like, floating around, but. The fact that you had to scroll the screen up on a Mega Man game just seems like it's it breaks the flow a little. It, it was not that, that much. It was like maybe like like uh, uh, an, an eighth, a tenth of, of the screen just get a little bit like oh it's up up there because it's the difference because the Game Boy Advance had the widescreen aspect ratio yeah. up to four yeah, by yeah. three, which was a great um, decision on Nintendo's part. I mean, after having like the vertical Game Boy for so long, going wide, you got to go wide. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah it was, the, was the meat and potatoes back then. I'm, I have no shame in admitting that until the DS came out, it was top dog for me. It was like having a portable Super Nintendo in your pocket. Mm, yeah. Um, so, all right. So um, we're going to move on to Purnell's first track. This is an odd okay. episode. So honestly, this is this was an interesting episode for me of trying to choose tracks. Uh, you know, because when someone says deep cuts, I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> on one hand, there's stuff I want to pick. On another hand, I'm like, maybe I don't have enough or stuff that I should pick. But in the end, I think I made some pretty decent choices, though I did have one too many, which maybe we can play at the end of the show because... Yeah, I, I ended up picking a bunch too. <laughs> I just had too many. <laughs> but I do feel like after listening to it in, rem- in remembrance again, I need to go with this one over the other, so maybe that'll be the end song. So this episode, I'm going to go with the track from Dempamin 3, the Rise of Digital. This is the boss battle theme from that game, and it was released on the Nintendo 3DS as a downloadable title. Hmm. It's composed by Mitsuhiro Kaneda.
Welcome back. You're listening to the boss theme from the game, Dimpamin 3, The Rise of Digitol for the Nintendo 3DS, composed by Mitsuhiro Kaneda. And yeah, I had another track in mind, but I ultimately decided that it had to be this one. There was no other option but this one. And I hope that you guys heard why that was, because I love this tune so much. There's so much going on. I was thinking that this is a, a Purnell track because it's fast, it's crazy. It's a boss track, so it totally fits in there. And uh, Nick, you were saying something about like how it was kind of evolving into different movements. Well, I, I liked how, how the it really brought the loop home at the end. Like you felt it coming back back to where it was, and it just really stuck the landing. That's something yes. so unique to, to video game music, and and, and not, not so much today, especially when there's a lot of adaptive music in modern video games. Or especially like AAA modern video games, but the the artistry that comes into crafting a loop of the theme of the song of the melody and a verse, chorus, verse, but still loops in on itself that it doesn't feel repetitive. There's artistry to that that you don't really hear in anything else. Like, oh, I want to hear, you know, uh, the weekend, but I want to hear it looped fifty times over. You know, <laughs> like I want to hear, like, how's it going to resolve on itself where I can just listen to it over and over again. While I'm trying this to stop, is stop on one for that. I, I, I was I was showing that 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 last track, the Rockman and Forte track, to, to to my father, who's who's a mu- musician unlike me, and uh, like I didn't I didn't have the vocabulary to describe this until he pointed it out. But you get to the end of the song, and the last bar, uh, the last bar doesn't resolve the chord. It doesn't resolve until you get back to the to the first bar of the song when you, when you loop it again, and that's what kind of pulls you like you're waiting for it to finish but doesn't actually finish until uh, the song starts again. So, but the song has started again, so you have to keep going. So it resolves on itself. Right. It's, it's like a Breaking Bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> Very fitting. It's like, crap, I can't stop. I got to keep going. What's right. happening next? You know, like, yeah, this is... It, I love this track so much. I love the OST to pretty much all the Dempamen games, which is both a good thing right, and a bad gotta, thing. You gotta explain it. I've seen it's, this is Dempamen three with a whole bunch of subtitles. What what is going on with these Dempa men? I gotta say this beforehand, though. The funny part is that I bought this game last night because I realized that I, it was the one Dempamen game I never ultimately purchased. I bought the demo. I had the demo for the third game, but I had one and two. And I love them. It's just, and three is more of the same, so it's not like I don't understand the games. But the general idea is that uh, the Dempa men live in a special world on a wacky little island, and they're pretty much like radio wave, like crater, like critters. And the way that you meet them and grab them and bring them to the island is you bring up the 3DS's camera mode and you spin around the room you're in or whatever. And if you're in an area that has a lot of, like, you know, radio wave signals or signals from, like, your microwave or from, like, your, okay. oh. from your, like, your, your modem or whatever, like Wi-Fi it picks or up all of it. Yeah, yeah Wi-Fi, huh. microwaves, all that. If you're just spinning it around, you'll see Dippin' flying around <laughs> your room. And you want to snare them by shooting with nets. Ah. And if you catch them in the net, you collect the Dippin' in your house or your office or your car or whatever. And then they become members of your town, and they join your battle party, and you up, you raid random dungeons and fight monsters okay. like an RPG. Right. So that's Japanese, All right? So I was like, wow, this is such a weird Japanese game, right? It just sounds Japanese, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, no, this sounds like gnomes, like gnomes, in, like in your garden, you know, like oh, they're out there, it's magic, it's, they're out that's there. That's pretty much what this is. The they're in nature. Little radio, but then, or but wave then you gnomes. catch them, and then you battle them in an RPG setting. Now that's. 
What <laughs> I do like is you don't have to game. battle each other though. They're all they're all Last friends game. and they're battling to save the world, the Dippin' world from like evil okay. villains and Good. stuff like that. that so it's not like sad. Pokemon. <laughs> With Pokemon. Yeah, they're all heroes, and it's cool because they come in short, they come in tall, big head, small head, wacky ears, mm. normal ears, you know, and they all have different elemental stats and traits, and it's just, it's a legitimately good game. And the battles are fairly straightforward, and they're not, they don't drag because the way it works is you'll have like eight Dimpamen in your party, and they can all do magic spells or whatever if you have them, but if you don't want them to do something special, They'll just rush the guy and just beat him up. So it's like, if this, you want, I want these two guys to use a spell, and everybody else just rush the guy. And they'll just like run up and beat him up, and then the other guy was like, okay, well, now that you guys did your thing, here's a fire spell. And it's freaking great. Mm. And then you have this great music playing over all the stuff you do. It's this is frantic. Um, so the, the, there are essentially fairies flying around my house that live off of radio waves that are just ready to start a fight. They're just like, yeah, they're just raring to go. It's yeah, like, like, like Wi-Fi packets or something. <laughs> that the, what, Robert, because I mean, if, it, if it's all like AO2.11 or whatever, the, the 3DS is receiving it even if it's not doing anything with it. So I think that's what makes me wonder. Yeah. Like maybe it's just a matter of like, because I don't think I don't think it's always it maybe like different signals. Try to look into it more because it's huh. been years. It sounds a lot like just, what was that one game where you put a CD in and it would read the CD? Monster Rancher. A, Monster. <laughs> yeah, it would read the read the, the disc and make up random monster out of it. And I'll be blunt, there aren't many games like it, but I'm a sucker for stuff like that, where it's like, you take normal crap in your house, and it's content for your game. That Garbage Pail Kid book, every Garbage Pail Kid is a character in your game. Like, that would be a game I'd play. Behind you, having a stack of, what are those, Amiibos, or are they Skylanders? Oh, these are Amiibos, and the Skylanders are up there. there You just want, like, the, the, the meeting of the physical world to the digital world, right? Which is a depressing concept because on one hand it's really awesome, but then I also know corporate America will ruin it like they did with Skylanders, where it was like, "Here's this cool idea. We can give, we can take these 20 figures and put them in a gajillion games, but nah, we'd rather just release 20 new figures for every game and make the old figures oh, kind of, of obsolete." They'll, they'll, they'll find a life finds a way. For now, shareholders so milk your shareholders wallet. find a way. Um, <laughs> Alright, so let's go into some more deep cuts here. I'm going to pick a track from the TurboGrafx-16. I'm calling this deep because Pernell is the only person I know who owns a TurboGrafx-16 hmm. from when I was a kid and from today as an adult. Um, this is a track from a, a pool game. So you're, you're shooting pool on the TurboGrafx-16. That, that's pretty obscure. This is a track by Takiaki Kunimoto. And this is in-game music one from the game Break In.
And we're back. You're listening to in-game music one from the game Break In for the TurboGrafx-16 and PC Engine. This little track is composed by Takayaki Kunimoto. Um, mm. Judging, judging from the reactions I was getting, I think you're both enjoying this one, right? Oh, <laughs> you you picked a delectable dish of a ditty. Very different from the last track, but a little little more in line with the uh, the jazzy. Rockman and Forte. <laughs> yeah, I, I take back what I said about Rockman and Forte being unnecessarily jazzy. Oh. Like this, this was this was fresh. I was yeah. that was doo doo facing hard. Like, <laughs> it was, it was nice. yeah, the stank, the bass face, the stank face on that one. So the yes. uh, the TurboGrafx sixteen had um, a, a wavetable synthesis chip inside the system, so it could do, it was like eight or nine channels of audio. And it was all different. They can they def- essentially define the waves they were using. So it, they couldn't get a really clear bass tone like a like a Sega Genesis, but it was they can get these really deep, crunchy bass sounds by going really really low with it. But at the same time, like they could harmonize these really interesting, um, uh, like almost keyboard or organ sounds, as you can hear in the second half of the song. And this this track, man, oh, I love it. It's something about I, I just knew that if I could find a pool game on an old system, I was going to find something good, and I'm so happy <laughs> to, I to get to given. Of yeah. course, oh, it's a given. Um, so yeah, if, if you're interested, if you like this, check out the rest of this game's OST. There's like four songs; they're all really short, but they're really good. They're really, really good. And I'm always a sucker for somebody bringing up some terrible graphics because I love the the system, both it and then the future duo. Yeah. And a large part of it was because of the sound that the thing would put out. It, so interesting. It's uh, amazing how, like, even now, like, I well, feel the, like the duo, the duo was, had the CD on it, right? Yeah, it was red. The duo was Red Book Audio, right. all CDs. But the Hue cards, which is what this game was, also <clears throat> still put out some really unique stuff for the time that I still find to be unmatched on like the Super Nintendo or the Genesis. Even like it was just. I love how I say in the Genesis even, like it was the superior. But you know what I'm saying? Point is, I love the TurboGrafx sound and it had a, it was very unique unto itself. Uh, so I'm always gonna get excited when someone's bring some heat from that console oh, over yeah. to the page. Yeah, any experience with the uh, the TG sixteen? I, I I don't like I was under the impression that, you know, even though it was marketed going against the Genesis, it was more like a Nintendo. Mm. So I didn't even know that it was capable. Of making those those kinds of, of of sounds, especially I didn't know it's capable of making those kinds of sounds out of me. It's funny you say that too, because thinking back on it, I could see it being more like a Nintendo than like a Genesis matchup because it brought it was very much heavily about the all about the colorfulness of things, sure. which Nintendo was, and I feel like the, the Genesis first loadout of games were very quote-unquote mature colored as in like very like gray and drab colors um later on of course they had, they had a lot of more colorful games that came along the pike but i think about like freaking like altered beast and yeah. mystic defender and, Sh- and shinobi and all these games were like very like grim like hey <laughs> fighting monsters but I had a darker feel to it. Man. the sega genesis and most most sega systems like hardware systems were were emulating arcade titles that's that's what they love to do you know the Master System and the Genesis and even the Dreamcast. Like uh, uh, in the arcade, the the machines were using uh, essentially what was called the Naomi hardware, or the Naomi boards, which is uh, the, the Dreamcast was modeled off of that. So they were all about bringing that arcade experience home. 
um, where with like the the Nintendo was all about very unique family friendly type things, but the, the Turbo Graphics it was marketed to us if I remember to be like extreme, you know. You got you got to be a teenager to or an adult to enjoy this system, but like they had everything. It had so many interesting titles on it that I've never heard of that I would have I would have loved. And it's true because when you think about it, if you talk to a person, general the like the general public about the Turbo Graphics, they usually reference Keith Courage and Alpha Zones and Bonked Adventure, Bonk. and that's pretty much it. <laughs> But there actually were a surprising number of good games, even a few gum ports from the arcade that I had never heard of, aside from like Ordine, which was like a Namco shooter or Namco shmup that I've only ever heard of on that system, despite it supposedly having an arcade version, which I've never seen. But yeah, I, I love it. Isn't it funny how we've gone from calling it a Doom clone to a first person shooter to just shooter? And now we have to call them shoot 'em ups because we can't call them shooters anymore. <laughs> I just call them FPS. Like they're, they're the FPS guys. Shooters is where it gets confusing because side-scrolling shooters are shmups. F- First-person shooters are FPS. So what is just shooter? Like, what is a shooter? <laughs> like, I don't even know anymore. Like, I think it's almost like a dry term it's because like a, we've already broken them all out. Large amount of alcohol in a very small glass. <laughs> mm, that's my kind of shooter. Or um, hot peppers. No, 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 I only had I, I don't have a gallbladder, Rob. But I can't, <laughs> you can't do that. Not anymore. All right, we are we're coming around. We're coming back to Nick for your second deep cut pick. Oh yeah. Back now remember, Nick. it has to go just below the skin. <laughs> you said no. We're saying deep cut. Oh, good point. <laughs> Way below the cut. skin. Are you with us, Nick? Yes. Yeah, yeah, wait, uh, uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay, so this is, <laughs> this is, uh, uh, a replay from Virtual Racing Deluxe for the, for the 32X, uh, which is not the same as the replay song on, on the Genesis version yes. of Virtual Racing. Well, I'm ready, because I've actually never played the 32X uh, version. But the same composer, Naofumi Hataya, so, you know, this is gonna be another banger.
gosh. Even with the sound effects. <laughs> that's incredible. That was the replay music. The replay music. That was just the replay music. <laughs> what? They did not have to go so hard. The replay music for Virtual Racing Deluxe for the Sega 32X, composed by Naofumi Hataya. Wow. They, they had to go hard because, as I was saying earlier, it's the only full-length song in the entire game. Everything else is just, just stingers when you extend time or, or complete a lap. Yeah, I have like really strong memories of playing this, especially in arcades, just loving this game. Um, I've always You've seen the in the arcade before? Yeah, I used to, there was a big sit-down one. I was up in... Um... Yeah, it was pre-Daytona. Yeah, I was, a, I was a kid in somewhere in upstate New York visiting family, and there was an arcade that I just played this a whole bunch at for some reason. It was a sit-down cabinet, and I was super into it. Um, but then I went, so I went back to find music from the game for the show, and I was like, "There's not much to it. There, there wasn't. There was hardly any music, which kind of makes sense um, for a lot of racing games at the time. Like it was either going to be rockin', like Ridge Racer, or nothing." And uh, okay, I'm generalizing. Dollars. I mean, for a hundred dollars, they could have put some music in the darn normal game. But uh, I, I digress. No, uh, but uh, I want to digress a little more because, if I remember correctly, the Lux actually cost less than the original one too, didn't it? That I suppose would make sense because I never thought about it before you just said it just now. But the original would have to have hardware built into the cartridge. Yes. Whereas Deluxe, the hardware is already built into the 32X, so you don't need to build it into the right. cartridge. So the, again, we, I think, I'm not sure we talked about it on the show proper or not, but yeah, the hardware being built into the, the, the cartridges themselves, like they did a lot on the, on the Nintendo systems and the Super Nintendo. Um, they did that with, I guess, with Virtual Racing, which they were doing that at the same time as Star Race FX. Holy moly. What, what's, they, what's fun is, is if, if you um, take your Genesis and plug the AV plug directly into the TV when playing a 32X game instead of feeding it through the 32X and then to the TV because mm. what, what what you get is everything that the Genesis renders without the stuff that the 32X renders. So Whoa. a bunch because a, th- a 32X basically takes whatever the Genesis feeds to it and then just draws on top of it and then sends it out to, to your TV like those old like those 3D FX Voodoo 1 cards back in like like 99 wow or something. that just like triggered a weird memory before, though like yeah and on um on uh what do you, what do you call it uh, virtual racing uh, you just see like the background and your speedometer on on, cha- <laughs> on 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 chaotix uh you don't get anything that that scales on the special stages you don't get anything 3d you just see knuckles running in in, 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 in space <laughs> like, like this oh, adventure is a little different than i remember oh that's so interesting um yeah, you Sega, Sega was doing knowledge yeah, to the show. Sega was doing some really interesting things. Um, just two weeks ago, it's two or three weeks ago, we had a whole episode on the Sega Channel music, specifically wow. on the menu systems in the Sega Channel, and like, I feel like they were just sneaking in music and little goodies at every little little details that would make people interested in, in these things, especially in these these things like the 32x or you know home internet. It's- Who's it's interesting thought? in a way when you think about it because uh, people we love to give Nintendo tons of credit for being like pioneers primarily in things like controllers and mm-hmm. such. But I don't think enough credit goes to Sega for some of the stuff they've done. And here's just another example of that because I can't think of any other consoles that function in the way like you just described the 32X running. Yeah. I mean, you can call me a Sega fanboy and I'll be okay with it. You okay, can actually, Sega fanboy! I'll, 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 <laughs> you put it on my grave, right? Headstone. You know, <laughs> Here you, lies Rob Nichols. Rob Sega Nichols. Fanboy, Sega fanboy. Sega fanboy. DJ. 
you know, 19XX to 20XX. 19XX. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah, I'm old. Come on, it's cool. <laughs> this is, Hi, we're, Grandpa. We're hosting a podcast, clearly. Um, <laughs> they still call them podcasts? I don't even know anymore. I'm so uh, out of touch. This, this is a fantastic track. Um, I, I really, really loved how... <laughs> Like I was glad that uh, how long it was is what I wanted. It was trying to get at. Like I love that there was so much more to to get into. So I, I love that that and I think you were into it too. That that syncopated ride. Yes. Uh, during, during during the chorus. And yes. And they brought it back again, and I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's the first and perhaps only saxophone solo in video game music <laughs> that I know of. Um, I think I don't think the thirty two X added any additional um uh uh. uh power to the music of, of the sound chip because it was still running off of the YM with the Yamaha chip that was inside the Sega Genesis. The 2612. Yeah, maybe added some more processing power, but um, some of the music that came from the games that were on the 32X is definitely interesting. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the late in the life cycle of these systems. You have the programmers and the musicians really know how to work yeah. these things. Um, and we'll yeah, hear, Genesis uh, music. Like, no diggity. I'm going to bang it up. <laughs> uh, Genesis music had a capability of, of sounding really good, but you had to know what you're doing because if yeah. you didn't, it sounded awful. Yeah, it FM, sounds so bad. Yeah, FM synthesis is that way. Um, but it's like riding too close to the sun. I'm trying to think of a good example of like, like, like no, no shade to echo the dolphin, but. Oof. They could, they could, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some, there's, some, there's some cool echo tracks. Let me, let me be honest, but um, but there's, I'll say, the, the, there's, the, you're either gonna like the music of the original Road Rash or you're not. <laughs> it's that that great, it's a, you know. And, and uh, one of our friends, Michael Bridgewater, who does another podcast of the UK, he'll say that you either like the music of Road Rash or you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like the music of Road Rash too. Yeah. I can't speak for Road Rash 1. Um, all right, so uh, I think we're around to you, Purnell. Okay, I, I, I need to bring myself back because I obviously was kind of still reeling from the concepts of why do we still call them podcasts. But I digress. <laughs> Sent me to a magical rabbit hole. Yeah, you have uh, a bunch of tracks to pick from. I do. Though, I think ultimately I am going to go with this one. Like I said, I think this maybe the Stretch Panic one can be at the end or something. But this comes from the game called I Am The Hero, released on... It's, you wrote PSP and Steam, but I think it was on PS4 also. Oh, I, I um, think it was Vita. Or I thought I saw it on a handheld. I'm just gonna. Put, it was probably on Vita, honestly. I'm actually just gonna take Vita. it out. It's gonna. It's on things. Don't, don't. It's, it's part of the charm. <laughs> but the Let's website, the, the, the track list Let's of the website Steam. being inaccurate. It's part of the charm. <laughs> it's totally part of the charm. Let's go with Steam, PS Vita, and PS4 until further notice. Okay. Uh, but this track is titled "Awoken." And it is composed by Liang Huang.
road rash mixed with a with a meat boy. <laughs> God, I want a I want a good meat boy sequel. Damn it! Welcome back. You're listening to Awoken from the game I Am the Hero for the PS Vita, PS4, and Steam, composed by Liang Wang. Uh, this is a good example of a track that I chose because when the when the submitter of the topic of the episode drops that topic, I definitely have a habit of. Not even making this up, sitting in the middle of the floor in my office and just kind of trying to dig real deep <laughs> tracks for, or most likely games that we don't talk about enough on the show or I don't get to bring up enough on the show. The fact that it was a deep cuts episode just really drilled it in and somehow I ended up pulling out I Am The Hero. Uh, so... There you are. But yeah, this I, track. I forgot about this game until I looked it up and I was like, whoa. That's a, this is a really cool beat em up. Mm hmm. It's like some people will tell you that it's not special enough or whatever, but I digress because let's be honest here. Beat em ups work because, mostly because of the style and the frenetic aspects of the combat because you're generally only jumping and punching. Let's be honest. Right. It's very rare where you can do anything beyond that. Uh, and this game has a number of fun combos you can put in. The enemy variety is pretty cool and interesting. It's got a very grimy aspect to it. And it doesn't try to take itself too seriously with the story. It's like, I'm a guy. I'm in the right place at the right time. And I kick ass. And that's how it is. And I'm good for that. That's all I want, you know? And I also like the fact that you can actually generally unlock the enemies. Kind of like how Fight and Rage does it. Where you can unlock the enemies and they can become playable characters oh, too. cool, cool. Throughout the game. But... The OST for this is, like, very underground. It's got a very underground sound to it, and I adore it. adore it so much. So, it was an easy choice for me. I was, it just uh, makes me sad that we don't have five tracks this episode. I was disappointed that the original soundtrack wasn't available on Steam along with the game. A lot of times, some of these indie, indie titles are. They, they do that, but... I think it's starting to happen more often because they're realizing there's an audience for it. Yeah. It's unfortunate that that, that isn't the case. Um, especially for this one, this one's this one's got a cool sound to it. They, they, it's definitely that I like the chunky. It's almost a grunge rock sound, but with the uh, with the, with the kind of the keyboard eight bit keyboard on top of that. It's, it seems kind of odd when you think about it too. Why is it that that's such a hard thing for for companies to think about? I mean, it's easy money. You already have the sound files. Just dump them in a zip and say, hey, ten bucks. <laughs> All this music, you know. Well, maybe maybe there's some licensing issues. Uh, maybe Nick has some insight on ah, that. Well, I know the, the project manager in me says it's just another thing to think about. Like it's hard enough <laughs> to make sure that the game is bug-free. Like you got you got to worry about putting out a soundtrack as well. If you pause uh, this track at two-minute yeah. mark, you actually unlock a bonus no, that, track that's in true. the game. Uh, we had a guest um, two two episodes ago for the game Speed Limit, and he did the soundtrack for that. And they they did a whole a whole CD release for that. Uh, or I guess a, a digital release of the soundtrack for the game. I mean, the soundtrack was very important to the game. It was all it all fit together, gameplay and music wise, very closely. But yeah, it's true. Project manager wise, that's like you gotta think about the artwork. You gotta think about it's all mixed properly. You gotta you gotta release it. You gotta make sure it's credited correctly. Yeah, yeah and, and if if, uh, if the composer is the copyright holder versus the, the company. Uh, then, like, yeah, worry about revenue splits and regi uh, registrations with ASCAP and BMI and all, and all that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of ASCAPs. Woof. Yeah, or BMI. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I hate the BMIs. Drive me crazy lately. <laughs> oh mercy! But like, yeah, it's I. This is one of those games where I wish I could recommend to people more. Like, there's going to be an episode where it may not even be the topic 
but it might just be somewhere in the like, here are all the games that I've played in the last five years that no one talks about, <laughs> and we should all try them. And then I'll get lampooned yeah. for it two episodes later. What the heck, man? <laughs> you recommended garbage. The Purnell's picks. That's going to be a few episodes of those. It might be like an extended, like, okay, here's a list. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like that Simpsons episode. Like, here are all the people we forgot to credit on previous episodes. <laughs> 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 Scroll it up. But it's a podcast, so you can't scroll. Yeah. You just gotta. Imagine. And you can't stop us because it's free. All right. Um, no touche. All right. I'm gonna get to my next track. Oh my gosh. What am I gonna pick? It's gonna be. That, it's, a hand, it's, a hand, it's a handheld system. It's gonna be. Choose that game from the Smurfs game. You know you want to. Uh, you know I love Smurfs music. That's that's mainly Alberto Gonzalez. We're gonna <laughs> no, but we're gonna listen to a Game Boy track. This is a game uh, late in the Game Boy series. Uh, original handheld but late in the uh, the system lifeline this is a game called Afterburst it's composed by mm. Atsuhiro Mochoyama Pernal do you know this game at all? I have never heard of it but it doesn't have anything to do with Starburst does it? no <laughs> no it's it's a very interesting game it's a kind of if you would mix a platformer with with the game Worms it's it's the it's that it's okay very strange. I, um, I sadly, I genuinely had a second notion of thinking this was a platformer where you ate beans to fart for extra jump boosting. And they have to burst. <laughs> that sounds like something ah. like a booger man for the Sega Genesis. But <laughs> that was actually another. That was on our another episode called uh, "Games with Horrible Titles." Um, Forgive me, folks. I've been looking at a lot of garbage pail kids lately. It's yeah, just kind of how it goes. Get, get your head out of the garbage pail. All right. So this is a stage three from the game "After Burst" for the Game Boy, composed by Atsuhiro. Mutayama. listening to stage three from the game Afterburst for the Nintendo Game Boy. And this track is composed by Atsuhiro Motoyama. And yeah, you know I gotta pick this track for that for those keyboard solos in there. <laughs> this has got some amazing I don't know why you want to play Skate or Die Bad and Red, but it does. Yeah, it's got that feeling. And, um, and Nick, you mentioned uh, uh, Tim Fallon earlier. Yeah, that's 
It had those those guitar runs that remind yeah. me of something out, out of like Silver Surfer or, or Solstice or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Solstice. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking on Battletoads a little bit, maybe a little David Wise. Like something. Never like, think of Battletoads ever. <laughs> <laughs> something about it's something about like that kind of fakey echo sound on the Game Boy it reminds me of uh, Western composers as opposed to the the Eastern composers. The- Oh, I can see. Yeah, like Western composers do, do a lot of like the echoing, and and also the the the, the arpeggios. Say the word, chords. arpeggio. <laughs> but did, did you know it was coming? Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a running gag where like Rob, once Rob started using it for the first time, I was like, "What the hell is an arpeggio effect?" And it just became this like commonly used thing, always accurately used, mind you, but. Yeah, it always so, just seemed like so like how are, why does everyone know this work? So if you understand an arpeggio and a chord, but then like on the yeah on the Nintendo and the Game Boy, they had like uh, an effect that would actually run it, and then a lot of the especially um, the, the the composers in the UK and Europe would would run it super fast to emulate doing a chord with one channel, which never sounded like a chord. It just sounded like literal bleep loops, but it has its <laughs> own charming sound to it that you don't really get with other composers. Um, anyway, so I was saying this, this game is a lot like a platformer mixed with worms because the levels are super, super short. You're just one robot and you're jumping over like um, uh, platforms and blocks, but you have to aim your gun at angles and then you charge it and then it goes at, in arcs across the screen. And your goal is to defeat one enemy and to defeat one like uh, power core type thing. And it just and it goes on. There's like twenty or thirty stages, but there's only four songs to the game, um, and it's just it's very number. interesting. It's very different. I'm impressed that uh, a Game Boy can handle the trigonometry of calculating an, an arc. Well, granted, it's very slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> game Boy itself had a lot of games that kind of had that single screen puzzle aspect to it, which yes. I always liked. Bubble Ghost, the Dalian Opus. Bubble Ghost. This game. Yeah. The Dalian Opus. That was a um that was like a almost like a Tanagram game, right? Mm-hmm. Build a bridge using a bunch of tetrominoes and hope for the best. Game if you pull your damn hair out. Back then I actually had some. <laughs> that's that's where it all went. The Dalian Opus took you it. Finally learned where all of Purnell's hair went. It was playing Game Boy <laughs> games. Pretty much. Cat trap. That's another one I like. See, so so Nick never really played Game Boy. That's how you can tell. He's got all of his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Still shining. (laughs) He's like, yep, shiver locks me. But like, I I love the Game Boy. I love the puzzles, the puzzle games on that system. Yeah, I wish I had more of them still in my inventory. That's what emulation will cover for at least. I I was worried this wasn't going to be a a deep cut or obscure pick because I was like, I know Pernell might know this track. I was worried that one of you might be like, oh yeah, that track. Everyone had this game. Um, Oh, oh, did I say I never heard of it? I meant I. (laughs) I played it to Rob. Rob, why would you pick this track? (laughs) All right, I'm gonna turn uh, this track down, all the way down. And we're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round. And that uh, <laughs> that song means we're into the bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and arrangements and, and remixes based on our theme. And we like to start all of our picks off with our guest. So, Nick, what did you pick for our bonus round today? Uh, I got uh, a piece by the Washington Metropolitan Gamers Symphony Orchestra called Crystals of Ivalice, which is a, a medley 
from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Ooh. I realize Final Fantasy Tactics isn't exactly a deep cut, but Advance, I don't think as many people played that. I, I hadn't when I when I heard of this. And I, I went in, in this direction. Uh, one, because the last two ones I picked were more jazzy, so let me stay away from that. <laughs> uh, two, I figured one of you would pick a, a rock arrangement. So I'm like, let me go orchestra. No, that's uh, okay. And, uh, and four... <laughs> And four, my, my my wife plays oboe in the in the orchestra. Oh, so, cool, uh, cool! And I'm I'm very 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 proud of that. Um, so yeah, uh, this one uh, it's uh, a med- medley of Crystal and Painful Battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Painful Battle is by Sakamoto. I don't I don't know who Cri- Crystal is by someone else. I forget her name though. I just realized you got to also make you really like the idea of being able to say the word oboe. It's a fun word. Oboe. It's <laughs> a great word. <laughs> well, let's um, let's listen to the track. And let's listen for the oboe.
was Crystals of Ivalice from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which is a medley of Crystal Battle and Painful Battle. Uh, I, I got I got it got it backwards. Crystals by Sakamoto, and then Painful Battle. The main main piece in that is uh, Ayako Sasso. Oh, thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, and and what what I, what I love about that that track is is how the the end they they mash up the the, the two mm. together in this. It's something that you you could not get if not for for the very skilled ar- arrangement yeah. of, uh, of of the people there was in, in that orchestra. Nothing painful about that track whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it was very. Yeah, I did. The uh, the way these two were combined very effortlessly um, and performed by the Washington Metropolitan Gamer Symphony Orchestra or a lot of words. WMGSO for short. Correct. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for, for sharing this with us. Um, you were right. Sometimes our, our bonus rounds go like all rock or all techno. So it's nice to have uh, a fresh perspective here. I agree. And I admit, I am generally the guy who's responsible for just overrocking it out. This is, this is a thing I do. It's a thing. Um, but so honestly, is, are 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 some of your efforts in in promoting um, concerts and other artists? I mean, you talked about not so much on the symphony side of things, but are you also helping to promote the um, the Gamer Symphony Orchestra? Uh, no, that, that's the, the Washington Metropolitan Gamer Symphony Orchestra is my, my wife's project, and she's giving me a very dirty look right right. Now. Oh, okay. I just... <laughs> what did you do wrong? I'm thinking well, no. right. It's me making the assumptions. That's all. Uh, no, that, that, like, like that, 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 that's her, her world, and I let her do her, her thing there. Excellent. Um, well, no, I don't, I don't let her do her thing. She does what he, she wants. She gave me a You're nod. Here to that. I will edit that. Uh, no problem. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, beyond beyond VGIC, I, I've done um, some uh, uh, some some promotion for other bands like uh, the Eight Bit Big Band. Okay, uh, I was doing uh, marketing direction for for some of their shows uh, before the apocalypse. Um, I'm the manager for Eighty Eight Bit. I'm, I'm all about bits here. Eighty Eight Bit is a classical pianist that uh, plays Nintendo music mm. on the piano, and he's, he's well, quite good. Uh, let your wife know that we both really enjoyed that song, and um, the, the symphony sounds fantastic. And they we both the really oboe. enjoyed the song, and they said the symphony sounds fantastic, and they caught the oboe, and they loved it. She's smiling. Huge okay. there we go. <laughs> You're back! You're back in! <laughs> I'm, I'm back in. We're here for you, buddy. Don't, right, not uh, sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Purnell, we are up to your next pick. Okay, so funny enough, um, I went looking... Another habit I tend to have is like when I look for a lot of remixes and stuff, I'm looking, I kind of get pigeonholed on one specific game and I really want to find something from it. In this particular case, I had mentioned earlier in the show as well, they announced that SNK collection recently, which made me think about Dark Arms and I wanted a remix or a cover from the game Dark Arms. And up until as of like that day of searching for tracks, it didn't exist online anywhere. But I came across one that was made. Mm-hmm because they were also inspired by the exact same announcement. So, I have the Dark Grab Day remix from the game Dark Arms and the Neo Geo Pocket Color um, done by Bromery, or Akai Mizu. And I hope you guys dig it. And even if you don't, play Dark Arms. (laughs) Thank you. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Let's Talk About Me Holding a Neo Geo Pocket Color. <laughs> You're also listening to the Dark Grab Day remix of the from the game Wild Sorry, Dark Arms. I want to play Wild Arms too. From the game Dark Arms, from the Neo Geo Pocket Color, remixed and covered by Bromery Akai Mizu. Right. So for people this, who don't know about the Neo Geo Pocket Color, it, the the system did not produce sounds like this song. This song has <laughs> kind of a classic feel to it. Pranel lost something. Did he drop? No, it? I didn't. Did he just? No, throw I, just I was setting it down. I think you don't throw. Don't throw it. <laughs> it's a gentle console. I don't want to hurt it. <laughs> um, but no, the the system really uh, had a sound closer to a Sega Master System, where it was like maybe three or four pure pulse pulse wave channels and a, and a noise channel. So it didn't really have this full kind of sound to it. Um, so it's it's interesting hearing this arrangement in a classic style for a much more classic style sound trip. It's really good. Like, and again, I'm really glad it came across as I did because he had released it literally hours before I start look started looking. So the timing was perfect for me, and I'm glad I was able to put it on here because one, it brings attention to a game that is about to get a re-release in a collection very soon. Actually, it's already out now, digitally anyway, on the Switch, so people can try it. And also, if you have a Switch, it just sounds good too. <laughs> hmm? If you have a Switch. If you get get a switch, Rob. Actually, I, no. Wait, because I'm sure that pro version is coming soon. So no, that doesn't matter. That that means that the original switches might be cheaper. Question mark. There you go. All the more reason to wait for that. the pro, so you can buy that cheaper. My, my kind of guy right there, the bargain hunter. Yeah, that's right. I know or I'm not going to play yet, any games right away. So when I get the pro, buy my old one. There you go. You will You're not. Yeah, you're not going to sell me your old one. You're going to like going to frame it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'd sell this thing in a heartbeat if I got a pro. Yeah, no, you'll you'll make some artwork out of it and stick it in your house and be like, "This is the machine that got me through the pandemic." Actually, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, because it really did. That and La Mulana, baby. Oh mm. yeah. All right, La so uh, my uh, bonus round pick comes from the band Lame Genie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So all through this last year, they've been doing. I think on their Patreon, they've been asking for people. They had a contest of like, what song are we going to cover next? And so they've been covering all sorts of interesting tunes. Not all of them obscure, but some of them a little more out there. And this this game is a little bit more not totally in the mainstream. This is from the game Rival Schools. And this track is On the Rooftop of Teo High School. And this is arranged and performed by Lame Genie.
love the snap. That little snappy thing they do there. That's so good. That was On the Rooftop of Teo High School from Rival Schools, composed by Setsuo Yamamoto, arranged and performed by Lame Genie. They did that track justice. Yeah, they crushed it. They crushed it. They brought all the energy of the original and then added more energy to it, and now I need a nap. That's that's what they did. <laughs> I need a nap time. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're all fantastic players, and then they got uh, a great production chops, too. Like, yes. the, the recording just sounds sounds great. And yes. and they're, during during pandemic, the streams they've been doing, it's they got a, a pro setup. The, the the whole whole light show and everything it look it looks so cool and I haven't seen any other band the do, doing something that that uh, that that, that high, high tier yeah. uh, during these streams yeah and I, I'm not trying to disparage any other band there's so many groups that we enjoy listening to I, I and that I love personally but they they have a level of not just production but um of of technical skill that comes along with this and they just play so well together um another group mm-hmm. that that is also re- just recording at such a high level as a Knights of the Round. Um, oh yeah, really oh, heavy yeah. stuff. Not music that I generally like just go to, but when I hear it, I'm like, "Damn, that's good!" <laughs> you know, that's delicious. And also, we're going to just slip in here, and the off chance they listen to this episode, do drive-in theater next. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Not to change the topic, like Night Night of the Round, they're probably one of the heaviest VGM bands out oh, there. But God. yeah, they are they are mm-hmm. good at what they do. I actually have one of their shirts in my other room now. It's like the, um, their ultra shirt. Yeah, heavy. Heavy is like an understatement with those guys. It's great. But also the nicest. So friendly. Like I, I did, Um, I ran, I finally uh, got, to, got to meet them in person. We had them on the show, I think, either for a full episode or briefly. But I got to meet them at MAGFest at their merch counter or whatever. And they're just so nice. They were just really open to talk about their like how they how they perform together. They talked about like how he records. And I had questions about about their their mixes and everything it just got really nerdy with him and he was so into it i'm like that's why it's working <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, a mixture of rock rock star and nerd have to like mix together right like like the the uh the drummer in lame genie is just unreasonably jacked he looks like a rob liefeld yeah, character i know <laughs> I, 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 I got like it's so it's, it's so impressive that he took up like two seats <laughs> at, at, at our show and in too many games it was awesome anyway for more information on the bonus round part of our show go to rhythmandpixels.com there we're going to have links to all of these artists band camps and sound clouds and everywhere where you can stream the music buy the music and support these amazing artists Thank you for joining us on episode 27-3 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is Deep Cuts with our new friend, our new best friend, Pernell, you're out. Um, no! Nick, <laughs> no! No, 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 uh, Nick Sorry, Marinelli. buddy. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on our show, man. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was really fun. I'd love to do it again. Oh, good. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. We, we definitely want to have you back. This has been fun. Deeper cuts. <laughs> Deeper cuts. <laughs> Deep, <and then> deepest cuts. <laughs> <laughs> We're going full heart transplant on the next one. 
Rob's like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, So anyway, so uh, before we start saying our goodbyes and talking about some other stuff, um, can you just give us a quick little rundown of where people can find you on the internet and what you're up to? Uh, sure. The, uh, uh, the video games and concert website is gamemusic.rocks. Uh, and, you know, you, you can see our, our lineup of, of artists there. And, you know, if you, if you know any, any venues, festivals, uh, you know, office parties that are looking for Ooh. bands, we, 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 we can help, help them out. Uh, you, can, you can reach me at, at nick at gamemusicrocks. Um, you know, I, I, I do that, that agency as well as uh, independent event uh, support and production. So uh, if, if you want to run an event, I'm your guy. I'll take care if of that you're for you. you get married and you like game music, call this guy. You know, maybe uh, maybe post-pandemic, uh, Christy and I will renew our vows <laughs> and have a big party. That's, I, 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 so I left Medicast at, at the end of summer 2019. I started... You know, an event management and live music booking business at the start of January, at the start of 2020. Oh, so fantastic timing, timing on, on that. Well, it's more time to plan, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, all right. And it's one thing I like. It, it's 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 time to plan because there's never enough of it. Wow. Um, well, again, thank you for spending the time, uh, taking the time out this to, to hang out with us on the show. I know it's a, uh, you know, it's tough to sit sit down for two hours. You know all of us video gamers having a really difficult time staying still uh, for two hours part of the day. Um, uh, for our listeners, before I forget, I'm going to let you know that our Patreon special episode is happening next week. So if you're listening to this now, that means it's going to happen on April 1st, a Thursday at 7.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Ooh. EDT. Um, that's uh, East Coast. <laughs> so if, if you're not sure, just figure out where New York is in Google and that's that's going to be our uh, our time zone um, and the topic is tavern music or bar music so just in a, in a bar stage of a game or tavern stuff or it could be old school it could be new school it could be something personal to you um, music that's the that music you would listen to in a bar even if it's not music from a bar in the exactly. game exactly you, you don't have to be the person at the bar but maybe in the game they're going to be at the bar but that's the stuff we're going to be um, listening to uh, next Thursday so if you're a member of our Patreon you get uh, access to that and we'll uh, we'll see you there uh, but until then if you want to get in contact with me and Pernell if you have um, a track suggestion a topic suggestion or if you're in a band or if you're, in a, if you're a remix artist or if you know a remix artist or a cover band please let us know and send us an email rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com and for a full track listing of this episode and all of our episodes and uh, access to all of our episodes check out the website www.rhythmandpixels.com or just rhythm. First time I ever did www. No, actually, last week you did it too, and I was like, I'm not gonna. That's fine. You can put the W's in there. <laughs> you, maybe maybe he likes Wiley to say web. Yeah, worldwideweb.rhythm. <laughs> um, so check that out there. Um, you can also listen to uh, Rhythm and Pixels Radio, which is a 24/7 radio stream on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/RhythmandPixels plays nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. It's a curated list. It's about <laughs> 20 hours long. With Pernell is laughing. What happened we're there? both laughing because I'm like I was getting to say, and now we're going to add the tracks from this episode to the radio. <laughs> 
deep cuts. Yeah, all more deep cuts. We could actually. Yeah, I, I try and I maintain that that station is going to be eight bit and sixteen bit, so that D, DMCA or DCMA doesn't take it down. Because um, so far, no strikes, which is good for us. Um, Knock on wood. So check that out there. Um, and uh, we have uh, new t-shirts available at rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. So if you want a um, classic hip-hop run VGM t-shirt or <laughs> um, a really silly podcast joke uh, TGIF versus Capcom t-shirt, they just came out. I'm actually going <laughs> to show it to... Uh, They're so freaking cool. Oh man. my god, that's good. <laughs> uh, on, the, on the front is the, is the classic logo, but on the back is Mega Man with Carl Winslow. Um, so, so wear that and confuse your friends and family. Um, <laughs> so check that out at rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. Um, and if you uh, like to support the show, just tell your friends about it. You know, tell people about it. Say, hey, I like video game music. Hey, do you listen to podcasts? You know, if you're at Thanksgiving and you're talking to your family and you know, they're saying, oh, well, you know, such and such is sick and we're not going to see them. And, you know, they can't come around because of the pandemic. Just say, no, just talk about video game music, nonstop video game music. Talk about how Pernell is a wonderful person and that they should listen to his voice. Um, Or just dig a hole in your backyard, (laughs) bury a USB stick containing episodes, and then water it twice a week. And you'd be surprised at the tree that grows. If a tree grows, by all means, call the Ghostbusters because something's up. Instead of fruit, it's Game Boys. Um, (laughs) You can also support us by going to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and at every uh, donation level you get access to a a weekly sequel episode of me and Pernell and sometimes a guest hanging out talking about other things usually more real stuff if you're into that sort of thing um, you also get access to a monthly live stream of us recording the, uh, the following episode and you can get, you get there's lots of visual gags and you can chat with us while we're doing the show lots of jokes and that's always a really good time and at the highest levels we like to thank our uh, Patreon members Cat, Cat, let them talk mute the microphone <laughs> Um, wow. Is there a cat? Cat in the room? We can, I had my dog chasing the cat earlier. I had to. I got a little out of hand. Um, so we really thank our Patreon members: Frankly Zappa, Mike Myers. Oh, there's a cat. Cat tail. That's cute. Uh, uh, Fashion eighty six. That Nick Walker. Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy. Matt Holmquist. Michael Jennings. Davy Cakes. Justin Bieber from XVGM Radio. Justin Schneider. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, Sonic Medley. <laughs> Taco. Harold Howard. Dave Taylor. Reinhard Zelkova. Andreas Milberg. Dan Loughton, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Sendstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, uh, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater or Mebri from the Forever Sound Version podcast, and Brian Pitt. So thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. It's all good, always good seeing you here. It's always also good seeing you in our Discord channel. You can get access to our Discord channel on our website. And you can um, send us memes and and uh, let us know oh, agree. Any, any corrections from the show. And um, I have a whole a whole whatever channel on there of just me baking bread. You can see all my bread. I, I bake also, I bake like three times a week. There's a lot of bread on this Discord. There's more bread else, than video game music on our Discord. <laughs> the, the bread baking podcast. <laughs> That's true. I'd also like to just generally state thanks, Fashion86, and also Cameron Leonard for reaching out to talk about games that you played that were talked about on the show. Um, I like to talk about games that I'm playing, and I'm always blasting about, you should try this game! But it's not just speaking to the ether. I genuinely want to hear people's thoughts on games they're playing. So thank you for reaching out to me and talking about it. It's much appreciated. Oh, I also want to give one more shout-out to um, a really nice email sent to us by Khalid Hamad, our friend from Germany. Um, uh, did you read that email, Pernell? 
I did. And honestly, every every email that he sends in makes me freaking oh, smile like a smile like yeah. a duck. I'm I'm really happy that you know we're bringing some smiles um, uh, to listeners from all over, and um, and then we're making a difference. You know, we're we're saving the world, Pernell. Well, well who knows? We're, we're planting I'm, trees. We're planting USBs. We're USBs. <laughs> we're planting USBs. We're hiding USBs. Um, I don't know if that's good for the plant, for the for the ground or the earth. If you put USBs well, in the ground, a groundhog or two might get a nice appreciation on <laughs> it. Um, so before I ramble on any longer and it gets any later, um, Pernell, are you are you aren't you surprised at how awake I am? I genuinely am. It must be the coffee. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just ate dinner late. Um, again, thank you to Nick for hanging out with us. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me. And, uh, and thank you for your full cool mittens who's count who decided to show up at the last minute yeah, of the episode as well. Okay. Say, say hi, Sonny. Sonny. Yeah. Sonny was the unofficial mascot of MAGFest for, for a good long while there. Yes. All right, well, thank you both. Um, oh, thank you, Nick, for being on the show. Pernell, I'll see you next week. Everybody else, I'll see you at StatesCon. No, I'll see you uh, uh, on uh, episode 27-4. Um, I don't think we've picked a topic yet, but we'll get there. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good week. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's fun when we talk about deep cuts and you, we love to dig deep into the archives and say, hey, here's some cool tracks. Check them out, guys. But as we all know, every once in a while, you get the person who likes to tell you, oh, you're not deep cut enough. You're not cool enough because everyone's played that game you're talking about. And that's not really what you want to go for when it comes to this whole hobby. We're all here to have fun. And maybe for that person, that is a deep cut. That's deep for them, and they're sharing it with you. So smile about it. Rock out with it. Share some deep cuts of your own. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all bologna in the, in the, from the deli, and you're going to eat it. So <laughs> whatever. Just enjoy the meat. Um, and if you're a vegetarian, we can get some tempeh in there, too. It's all good. At the end of the day, though, exchange good music don't put people down <laughs> because they don't have the leet knowledge you have don't be a cut keeper <laughs> yes <laughs>